All right, guys, welcome back. We are back. I miss my fellas so much. We got Lori, we got McConaughey, and I'm Amber. And this is Thunder Coast to Coast, talking Thunder basketball, the good, the bad, the ugly, the we don't know what's going on. Um, the, um, oh, yeah, we are winning games. Oh, yeah, we want to tank. Have so many topics to cover today, but I'm going to let McConaughey go first. Yeah. Uh, first thing I want to say, uh, I believe no Oklahoma City players will be dropping signature shoes following their victory over the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> Mike Muscala's commemorative uh, three-point <laughs> shoe will not be getting released, unfortunately. Maybe in, I don't know, two years it'll get released just out of the blue. But they, they will refuse to wear those shoes against Portland because they're too scared to lose in said shoes and get clamped by Luke Dort. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is fun. It's been a while since yeah. we recorded. Last time we recorded actually was draft day, and we talked about who we wanted to draft. And obviously now, you know, we don't have to go through the part of predicting. You know, we now get to see who we drafted, how well they've done. Um, and we'll talk about all of that. Uh, we'll get into, you know, how OKC has done, into the new additions, into kind of the young players and how they're doing them. We'll finish it off with our biggest surprise. And we should be doing our show back to getting into weekly. Um, should be getting on Apple Podcasts soon and everything like that. So, uh, make sure to stick around. But uh, Lori, why don't you start us off with, you know, how you think OKC is doing so far this season, you know, compared to what you expected or wanted them to do um, before the season started? Uh, before I get into that, was I on the draft day podcast? I can't even remember. It's been that long. I think you were. I think I think was I? You were a little bit late because I remember wearing the Triple B sweatshirt and you. Oh, ah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I remember you. It's a cringe moment. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, the team is um, the team is doing probably better than what I would have expected. But what I like the most is if we're winning or if we're losing games. We're doing it organically. We're not just doing it on purpose where we're playing every terrible player. We're doing it within the flow of the game. So I don't mind, you know, when we lose games, but as long as it's not blatant tanking where we're just throwing out there whatever, whenever, um, and just seeing, you know, players take shots. I mean, we see Hamadou Diallo do it every game, and it makes my eyes bleed. I don't care what Thunder fans think he – He's going to be part of the future, whatever. Okay, great. You know, if, if he's on a minimum contract, sure, have him around as a body. But, you know, watching guys like him, especially in his third year, play and him leading a second unit when he has no skill to lead a second unit. He can dribble the ball in a straight line and jump. You know, as long as he's not seeing 32 minutes, you know, I don't really mind. But as, as far as OKC is going, I like – the direction and I like what we're doing as a team. It's a little bit tough and we don't have Horford though. I will say that, but I think it's a great opportunity for the young guys. What do you think, Amber? I think so as well. And I'm with you, Laurie. I think that OKC has played really above expectations again for the second season. Um, now, how we will finish the season, who knows? Who knows how OKC will finish the season? Who knows if the NBA will finish the season? There hasn't been a release of the second half of the schedule yet. I just know that this part of the schedule right here is a little brutal. You got you had Portland beat Portland. Portland had eight guys. And then you have the Nets. The Nets can score. Uh, they can't stop anybody. Well, boy, can they <laughs> score. I'm telling you, they can score. Had tough back-to-back -to -back games against the Clippers. Of course, you lost against the Nuggets the game before that. And then they canceled the 76ers game. So, OKC has their hands full. Then they're playing Phoenix as well. They have their hands full. This little stretch coming up. It's going to be tough. That second unit really makes my eyes hurt sometimes. I'm sorry, OKC fans. It's just sometimes McConnell and I talked about it before the show started. There's no ball movement. It's like middle school basketball, as McConnell called it. It is really hard to watch because those young guys just don't know what they're doing. They have no direction. <laughs> they just don't have direction yet. And watching Poku shoot a basketball has not been the best thing so far. <laughs> but I'm going to keep my eyes open for Poku, guys. I'm not giving up on Poku. He's young. The shot's flat as all get out, but he's young, okay? So, I'm all for okay. shots, though. I'm all for Poku shots. Just get those shots up, son. Get, See? Get those shots up. <laughs> 
Laurie, Laurie's in the business of chunking it. You'll hit one. Just chuck it. <laughs> and I really would like to see more minutes from, from Teo. I like Teo a lot. Less minutes of Hami bringing the ball to the floor. We, we've talked ha about that. Hamadont. There we go. And <laughs> hashtag Hamadont. I think you should tweet that during the games when he's I bringing will. the ball up. Okay. All right. That's duly noted. 55 tweets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be way too many tweets. But overall, OKC is playing better than I expected. And OKC is in a position right now where I know the guy to my left, he, he's he's in on the tank. He's going to talk about that in a minute. But I'm in the business of, okay, they're playing well. These young guys are getting experience. If OKC got in a playoff, in a playoff you know, they're going to have that playoff spot, the play-in spot for the playoffs, should I say, if the NBA makes it that far. I wouldn't mind seeing OKC get in their playing game. I just wouldn't. I just would not mind seeing that. Um, now, some of these minutes are going to be reduced. I like more Mike Muscala as well. But, Lori, how do you feel about, about OKC faring thus far this season? Well, I'll go instead of Lori. My bad. I'm sorry, McConnell. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what, McConnell, you don't get to talk. Okay? <laughs> you don't get a turn. Because <laughs> he, he wants the tank. That's why. Right. He, he wants OKC to tank. Go ahead. Kind of oh, in on the tank. And it's much more in the way that they're, you know, tanking. Lori brought it up how, you know, they're not just bringing out guys and just playing them absurd minutes. They're not just going out there and being like, all right, Shay, we're in a close game in the fourth quarter. You're just going to sit the last five mm, minutes of the game. Right. You know, we're not, um, I don't know, thinking of a team. We're not the Chicago Bulls in the last three years where it's every <laughs> game we just get bullied into submission and we go home and we're all sad because, well, they lost at 30 every single time or the Cleveland Cavaliers where it's like, yeah, you lost by a ton of points. OKC is they're competitive tanking. You know, they're, they're losing a significant amount of games, but they're in it. Um, you know, the SGA hit the game winner in their first, in their first game. Then OKC lost by like, you know, I think he missed a, a potential game winner in their second game. Uh, they lost to the Clippers in the second matchup. It was a it was a decent game uh, to watch. Then obviously Portland, like they barely won. That's the type of experience that I like. They're playing their guys. They're still losing because I want a really good pick. Um, I think that's crucial because I don't – OKC fans may not like this, but I don't think OKC – maybe they do. Maybe – and the only guy that maybe it is is maybe Baisley, but I, I'm not like sold on, oh, yeah, this is – like. To win a championship in the NBA, you need like a true superstar. I don't think OKC has a guy that has that, you know, top five potential or anything like that, that they, you know, will need to win a championship because you know what? I'm I don't want to get stuck in perpetual first round exits again because that sucks. Um, I so we need somebody that has that potential that can get to that level. And I hope, I hope a guy like Shea or a guy like Basley gets there. I just don't or or I guess Dort, but I, I definitely don't think Dort will get into top five player in the NBA. Hope he does. Um, absolutely. But I want that high overall pick to get somebody that can turn into somebody that's truly special because OKC is a lot of guys that have, you know, really good potential, um, possibly, you know, all-star level players. But you can have all-star level players, but still not be able to win a championship. Look at the Atlanta Hawks when they had Al Horford. Uh, they had four all-stars. But those all stars weren't LeBron James. They weren't. Um, they weren't Kevin Durant. They weren't James Harden or Steph Curry. They were like, well, franchise altering players, right? Yeah. OKC needs that, so that's why I'm all in on the tank. Um, I think I tweeted out, you know, late in the game. I was like, come on, Dave, make these free throws or something like that. And of course, he missed a free throw uh, late in the game. So, you know, if we're going to beat somebody, have it be Portland the day after Dame releases a shoe, trying to commemorate the shot that kind of saved OKC, you know, fans <laughs> would love to, you know, talk track. It's done the opposite thing for us. It's, it's actually really helped us. It, it, yeah. Rather than, like, ended our franchise, it's actually reset us. Yeah. And that's... Which, which is kind of, yeah, right. And which is kind of interesting because, you know, Portland fans are like, oh, we sent you into a rebuild. And I sent out a tweet yesterday, like, in a reply to, like, a rip uh, to a, a Blazers fan account. I think it's a legitimate account. 
and I and I um, tweeted both CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard's contracts over the next four years, and they have between eighty and ninety million committed to two guys. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who's in a better position, them or us. It, it kind of sounds like we're in the better spot here because they're treading middle. They are always treading middle. They're never they're never great, and they're not bad. They're just always in the middle. So. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I you know I brought up that I don't want to get into perpetual first round exit. That's what Portland's in. That's what yeah. OKC was in. You know, yes, guys like and I, I hate to say this on an OKC podcast, but guys like Westbrook, guys like Damian Lillard, they're great, but they're not the guys that are gonna go out and win you a championship. I mean, most point guards in the history of basketball aren't. Um you need somebody that's really freaking good. And, and yeah, they're, they're pretty darn good, but you have to get, you know, top five player in the NBA with a solid core around them. And, you know, you know, Damon CJ, they're not those guys. There were the rumors that maybe Giannis could go there, but they're not, but obviously he signed the extension. So he couldn't go there. So, okay. See hitting that rebuild, you know, I think they're faring pretty darn well for that because um, the, the development that they've had in their players, um, Mark Dagenault has them playing to win um, and he's, and they're playing competitive. And that's something that we haven't really seen because even last year when they would play against teams with, with like the large wings um, teams like the Lakers, teams like the Clippers with LeBron and Kawhi or, or the Bucks with Giannis, they would get destroyed. Like, okay. <laughs> like just wouldn't beat them. You know, I remember. You know, how much did they lose to by by the Bucks that one? They lost by like fifty one game against the Bucks. Um, but it was a, it was a second night of a back to back though, and I think Gallo wasn't playing there. Okay, game. we would have lost by thirty with Gallo because hey, that's totally better than fifty, right? <laughs> but it was like it was like it was you know we we couldn't do it. You know, and losing those games, OKC really hasn't. You know, they had the game against the Clippers where they struggled. Um, but, you know, they've been missing a lot of guys. Uh, but they played them the next day, and it was like, wow, this is a competitive basketball game. Right. Like, that that's what matters. It wasn't the next day. It was like two days later, but the next game. Yeah. That's what's fun is it's competitive, but they're still losing, which is very different from teams like I brought up, like Chicago, like Cleveland had been doing, like Charlotte had been doing, where they get blown out every single game. Whereas this is a team where it's like, you know, if they add like a, a one asset that's really good, Boom! That shoots them right back into into playoff contention. Right. Um, you know, not contenders for the championship, but like, wow, this is a playoff team. So I, I'm very happy with what they're doing with this competitive tanking. Also, just going to bring it up. Love how Miami and Houston are horrible this year so far. Also, I think they're big. I mean, that was not something I expected coming into this year. Just being like, oh yeah, right now we're sitting with the fifth and seventh pick in the draft. And it's not because OKC is the finest, but because it's Miami. Like those teams being like bottom level, and they they can pause. I think I think Miami will get better. Um, but Houston, Houston just fell apart for us, and that's great. So shout out to James Harden for imploding. I, I, I actually, yeah, I actually put some uh, predictions out there like preseason. I had Miami seven, right in the East, and I had Houston after all the James Harden stuff, Russell yeah. Westbrook stuff came out, like twelfth. And I got flamed for both predictions. And I was like, because I don't, to be honest with Miami, I don't believe, I don't believe them. I, I yeah. really just don't believe their team. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not a believer in their team. I don't think they have anything that's sustainable. And you talk about having a high-level player that can take you places. Butler can do that, but he's 32. Right? Like, wh- where's the end point for them? I And... I get it. Bam Adebayo is great. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. He can do a lot of things. But I truly don't believe that he is a guy that can really take you anywhere. Like, he, he can do a lot of things, but he's not going to take you anywhere. And this is, like, yeah. to your point when you talk about Portland. And I agree with you with OKC. Like, I'm not team tank, like, openly. I don't mind if we lose games and if we're developing players. But I don't think Shea's that guy either, in my opinion. I think he's a high-level two maybe a low-level one option. I don't think he's that guy that's going to take you to the championship. I think he's a terrific accessory player, supportive player, as a number two option. But to me, he's not a one either. I don't believe that he is a one. So my preference for the season would be obviously to get as high a pick as we can 
And if we can get two picks in, inside the top 10, that's amazing, right? But I do genuinely think that we're going to have to either get a um, – I don't know if we're going to get Evan Mobley, if I prefer him as the center, or if I prefer Cade Cunningham. It kind of depends on where we're going to go. But I agree with you on getting that franchise-changing player, for sure. I, I'm kind of with Team Tank in a way, but I'm just not into like going to watch every game knowing we're going to lose. That is not my idea of a season. That wouldn't be fun to watch at all. It's fun to watch, you know, game on the line, Lou Dort, you know, pull yeah. shorts, uh, yeah. type of defense. Um, but, you know, kind of getting into the newest players, I'll let Amber go first. What do you think about the new guys? Um, Poku, Teo, uh, Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Roby, Al Horford, uh, George Hill. What do you think about those guys? Hmm. Poku, I'll start in order as I see it on the chat. Poku. Oh. Pokemon, Pokemon. Oh, you gotta start that. You gotta start that way too early. Let, let me just say that. <laughs> you started that way too early. Poku, I'm gonna give him time to develop. I'm gonna say that about him. He's frustrating to watch right now, but I'll give him time to develop. I, I will. I will. I will. I will. Um, is the ceiling the roof? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have to see if OKC picked a great, got that. Did they trade up to get him? Wasn't it like a swap? Yeah, they traded um, Ricky Rubio, mm-hmm. um, the 28th pick. Yeah, the 23 or something. There was something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that with Minnesota for it. Okay, so they traded a little bit up to get him. Hmm. Jury's still out on Poku. I'll give him time to develop. I don't want to say anything bad about Poku right now. Okay. Teo, love Teo. Watched some film of him overseas. I love him. He's a Tony Parker disciple. I love Tony Parker. His documentary on Netflix is really good. You guys should go check that out. And I think Teo is a natural point guard. He's the natural point guard that OKC needs in that second unit. Even though I think he's I think as a ball player, I to be honest, I'm gonna put this out there. Okay. I think he's much, much better feel and ball handling and vision of the game than Shea does. Absolutely. I'm comfortably saying that now. Okay. But Shea's the better player, right, in your opinion? Shea's the better scorer. Oh, yeah. Score, score? He's okay. the better scorer, yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway. Please. Okay. Mr. Williams, Mr. Williams, he's a head scratcher right now. He, he just is. <laughs> I want to see the younger guys – dedicate themselves to defense, but that's hard to ask a young player coming into the NBA. Okay, play defense, and then your offense will come. They just want to score, 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 score. How many shots can I get up? But the key is defense. I know OKC is probably at the bottom. They're at the bottom in offensive efficiency, aren't they, like towards the bottom? Yeah, like 28. Mm-hmm. But but defense, I think we might be like 17 or 18, something like that. Okay, it's not bad. I'm pretty sure most of from the first unit. I'm just saying that right now. It's, uh, not, from the net, it's not from the Nets. Uh, I think we're better than the Nets defensively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of teams better than the Nets defensively. But I'm going to give I'm gonna give Williams a, a chance. He played, he played fairly well last night. Roby, we talked about this before. He can score, but his rebounding in defense needs to improve. Yes, he's getting the minutes. He got the start last night, I believe. Um, he's been starting so for Al Horford, but – I need more rebounding from him and just a little effort on defense. That's all I'm asking for Roby. He plays very hard. I like his offensive game. He will get better with time, but just some rebounding and a little bit more defense. Al Horford, congratulations on your wife having a child. Al Horford, I I guess what I want to see from Al Horford is that Atlanta Hawks and Boston Celtics Al Horford, but I'm not going to get that no KC. You know how sometimes you look at a player and like, darn, I wish he played like this, but you have to remember – the situation, the age, and things like that. But what Al Horford's bought to OKC, I'm not upset with. I want to see more of that pick and pop with him and Shea or him him and Teo. Uh, those are my two ball handlers if I'm OKC, if you want me to be completely honest. Anybody else handling the ball, I'm just closing my eyes and hoping for the best. But I want to see Al Horford a little bit more involved in the offense. Um, and – it depends on which unit he's on, on the floor with. 
if you put them in there with those young guys, that's kind of difficult because those young guys don't know how to move the ball. They don't understand the offense quite yet. You had no summer league, and then you had basically no no offseason, and then you had the draft came super quick, and there was really no preseason like training camp type of feel for those young guys to kind of understand how to play with, with each other and to play with the vets. George Hill is doing what George Hill does when he comes on teams. As um, long as he doesn't miss a free throw in an important game, I'm fine with that. But George Hill uh, does what he does. He knocks down shots. He's a veteran. He plays defense. If he handles the ball, I'm not bad at, mad at George Hill for handling the ball either. But overall, these new additions are just a segue for the future. They're just a segue for the future. Do I expect Al Horford to be there all season? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. George Hill, will he be there all season? People want George Hill. I got people on my timeline like, we want George Hill. What is OKC willing to give up? <laughs> we want George Hill. What does OKC want? Um, then I saw a comment, well, OKC has draft picks to 2025, to 2045, so we really don't want anything. But if either of those guys got traded, I wouldn't be upset because we're looking towards the future. Mm-hmm. But watching OKC win games, I like that. Yes, man. Off to you, McConnell. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll go in the same same order. Uh, first, talking about Poku. You know, Pokemon. He was, he's he's somebody who I you know I we talked about him on on our draft stream, and I brought him up, and it was like well, we're not gonna get Poku. Like, like it's just a random guy, and we got Poku, and I was super happy about it. That's where I wanted OKC to take. Obviously, once they didn't, I wanted them to trade up. Um, but, you know, obviously they didn't trade up. So it was like, okay, you know, Poku's still available. I want him. Uh, but I, I did not expect him to actually even be playing in the NBA. I thought he would be just in the G League because he is not developed. Um, like the prospect that they said, you know, you read all about him. And it's like, yeah, he's a G League player who has a ton of potential. You know, if he goes to the G League. And they were just like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to play this guy in the NBA and just let him do what he wants. And yes. he goes in there, he, he shoots the ball. And one I'm of my favorite accounts on Twitter is the Poku Stat Tracker. I think it's hilarious. I love that account. So shout out to the Poku Stat Tracker because it's always like you passed 117 people on the all-time three-pointers. man, yeah. <laughs> And it's just yeah. like, yeah, let's go. Or – Players in the NBA currently with more blocks than fouls, but also more than 15 blocks playing a specific minute. And it's like Rudy Gobert, Demonis Sabonis, Boku. That's the list. <laughs> Boom. He's a mod. I love that account. Um, I like Poku. I like watching him play, but he is somebody who OKC drafted and was not thinking this guy's going to come out and win rookie of the year. It was like, this guy's going to come out. He's going to struggle. But we got to make yeah. sure confidence is high and get him to get in the weight room um, and do all this stuff. But he plays decent defense, um, or at least he can. Defense is good, actually. Um, and yeah. he's confident. That is something that OKC hasn't. I don't know if OKC has ever had a defender that has a ton of confidence. Um, like you know, <laughs> OKC's, got, OKC's had the Naders, you know, yeah. a ton of confidence in someone good, but horrible defense. Was, but you say Nader? What you said, Nader? Yes, my boy. There was even a person in the NBA. <laughs> he plays for the Phoenix Suns, guys. Oh, don't, do that oh, guy. don't do that to my guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like I love seeing um, young, confident players because he's young, and that's something that's that's we have to take into account when we're evaluating him. He came into the league at 18 years old, so him not coming out, you know. Not everybody's going to be Devin Booker and drop 70 at, you know, was Booker might have been 19 when he did it, but crazy young. Like, he's not going to do that. Um, getting into Tao, another really yeah, young. Have, have, before you get to Tao, did you see Boku do the pull up over Melo yesterday? Oh my God. He, he, waved, he waved everyone off <laughs> and he dribbled into a pull up over Melo and hit it. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, I was like, I was, I was like laughing. I was like, yes. I love the Poku celebration meme. I think it was after Shea's game winner, or maybe it was a dunk. I can't remember. I just remember like that that dance he did. It was so great. Um, oh my goodness. Poku is such a meme. Uh, but looking at Teo, also Poku, 
Jacked in a fool in his first game. Perfect Poku thing right there. Um, Teo, um, like Lori said, I, I'm a huge fan of Teo. I think we all like Teo. Um, I will claim I'm the biggest Teo fan account on Twitter. Um, and looking at him, the way he plays, I think he, he is the the truest point guard that OKC has, the way he sees the game. Is he somebody that I want going out there taking 25 shots? Absolutely not. Um, but he has a decent mid-range game. He doesn't ever use it. Uh, he likes to go to the floater. He's not great at the floater. He doesn't have some crazy layup package. He misses a lot of layups. But when he pulls up at the elbow and actually pulls up rather than trying to do a floater, he's pretty decent. Um, he can knock that shot down. But it's his, it's his vision. The problem is he's playing with the bench unit, so he's not able to use any of his passing skills or ball movement skills because there is no passing, there is no ball movement, there are no screens being set, so he doesn't get to do what he's actually good at, which is why statistically like he doesn't look like he's playing very well. But you know, he's not a great defender, but he's young. He's, he's got good size for a point guard. He's, he's about 6'5". Um, and he's 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 just got some some nice touch on on passing. It's just he doesn't have the opportunity because he plays with that bench, and that bench is horrible to watch. Williams is somebody who I'm I I don't love Williams. I think he's he's okay. Like you know you can keep him there on his on his deal, but I wouldn't you know want to re-sign him. He's somebody like uh, like a Terrence Ferguson who it's like yeah they're, they're okay to have. Like I, I'm okay with playing them. You know rookie money. But, you know, not somebody that I'd want to, you know, keep, unless he improves, um, he, he shows confidence, which I like. Um, he's had some big games, but not a huge fan of him. Um, Roby, Amber um, hit the nail on the coffin because he is the worst defender for his size, and he's horrible at rebounding for his size. You know, he's horrible at rebounding in general. Um, but at least he's a mediocre shooter and has average athleticism. So there's that that OKC fans can use when evaluating him. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, okay. You know, he's, he's a tall guy that can sort of run, sort of shoot, play no defense and not rebound. So if that's somebody you want in the future, go for it. But he's not somebody that I'm like, wow, we got to keep him for this rebuild. But, you know, he, he's, he's young. He can, he can still get better, but you know, fly in my face. Um, then Al Horford, the milkman's fun. Um, I like it for him. Uh, he's not going to be here for a very long time. I hope OKC trades him next season. Um, I just think that that's a good time to trade him. Hopefully his value – I think his value has increased from what it was last year or when OKC traded for him. Everybody's like, he is a horrible basketball player was kind of the consensus. And it wasn't that he was a bad basketball player. It's that his contract is a lot. So next year, it'll be one less year on his contract. So – you know, we'll see what we can get for him. And then George Hill, I like him. He's good, uh, but he can he can definitely bring in trade value this year. I think there's a decent chance OKC could trade him this year to a team that needs that needs a point guard or a shooting guard or shooting or anything like that because well, that's what he does. He led the NBA in three point percentage last year um, at uh, I think about forty five percent. So you know, he, he's a good he's a good piece. I hope they trade him away because you know that'll bring Teo into the starting lineup. Taylor's yeah. never lost in the starting lineup. So OKC is guaranteed to win the championship if they do that. Um, so, you know, trade Hill, win the championship, you know, Sam Presti, get it done. Uh, but that's my thoughts on kind of the new pieces. All right. So, like, I'm, I'm not going to touch on Poku because you guys basically touched on everything. Same with Teo. Now, the four, the three guys that I love in OKC are Williams, Roby, and Al, right? I'll tell you why. So, when it comes to Williams, the reason why I like him is because, one, he doesn't make mistakes. Two, he can play within a team concept. And three, he can actually defend. He hustles. One of the biggest problems when you have, like, second-unit players, young guys, or even veterans that are scorers, they don't hustle with a lot of the plays. They don't stick with them. They don't defend. They don't put their hands in the way. They don't put their bodies on the line. That's where I think Williams has a lot of value is the fact that he can actually line up in multiple positions from two to four and actually defend these guys. And he's actually a really good rebounder for a guy who's a guard. So someone like him to me holds value because you can plug and play them um, in 
in situations. They, they can be in a lot of different situations and you can plug and play. So I like him a lot. He, the only thing is that I think he's 26. I think he's a little bit outside their age, their age bracket or the age group of most of the players. But if they were going to keep him on a cheap deal, I don't mind having him as a plug and play guy. Just keep him in there just to, uh, he's better than Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> like I don't care what I don't I care what people say on Twitter, whatever. He is better than Hamadou Diallo. You can be you can be hypnotized by the big dunks. I get it. But he's not good. I'm tired of this, this thing. He's just not good. Don't even ask me about that. Don't talk to me about Hamadou Diallo. Hamad don't. And the only thing you should do is rebound and dunk the ball. That's it. And my next player that I like is uh, Al Horford. So I like Horford because he can actually play, uh, he can direct, right? He can play within a team. Doesn't need the ball. He will screen for you. He can shoot the three. He will do a lot of the small niggly things that players won't do. So I like Horford, even though he's old. Um, I think he still has a lot of value to teams if they uh, if they so chose to trade for him. The only problem is his contract is so large. So yeah. I get that. That's going to be a tough move um, to move his, his contract. But, I mean, I see a world where a team gets desperate enough to actually want a player like him who need a big body. I don't know, like Boston. Right? <laughs> I don't know how many times they have to keep replaying the same thing, playing Tice at the five. But every single year they go with these small centers, they never win. So they might want to think about making a change there. And the last player, Roby. Now, all you people that I was arguing on the TL with preseason about Isaiah Roby, one, you guys have never watched him. Two, he is actually a wing. He is a three, four, now playing the five. So when he has to line up against big dudes, he doesn't have the strength or the power to match up with them, a.k.a. Jokic. Jokic ate him for dinner. He also ate Muscala. He ate everybody on the boards. Um, and even yesterday with Cantor, Cantor, he may not be a very good defensive big, but he offensively he is very, very tough, especially on the glass. So I don't expect Roby to be able to handle them. But I think if you give him more time to navigate and learn the position, I think he'll be much better because he was a very good uh, defender in college on the perimeter, and he also averaged almost two blocks a game in college in his career. So he can play. He's actually quite versatile, but right now I understand how he can't play defense just because he's learning a new position. So I get it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, him playing the five. Yeah. Playing the five is tough. It's like when when they really started to try and, like, sometimes OKC just starts playing players out of position and it's just yeah, it's like, <laughs> weird. Because he played most of his college at three, and then in college they moved him a bit to the four, and now in the NBA he's at the five. I'm like, cool. Good luck to you, sir. So. Yeah, nothing easy. Nothing I'll easy. give him that. I'll give him that. I just – the little effort I want to see on defense. I just want to see a little effort on defense when he's guarding wings. But I'll give him what you said, Makana. I'll give him a pass. I'll let him breathe this episode. I'll let him breathe. <laughs> you should give him – let him breathe the whole year. Okay. He gets no. he gets three games to prove. Gets, yeah. <laughs> three games. Poku gets two years. Okay, carry on. If he doesn't okay. lock up KD next week, <laughs> he's done. KD better score three points max. <laughs> <sighs> but I, I think I'll, it's time. I think it's time we talk about the young assets, and I think it's time we talk about the oh, man, the myth, the legend. Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, off we go. What are your thoughts, people? You already know mine. <laughs> he should never bring the ball up the court unless he is at half court and it's a fast break and he is an open dunk. That is the only time he should ever be running with the ball because he, I mean, he plays... If I had to compare his play style, you've seen someone like him before. <laughs> I'll, I'll compare his play style. Yeah, because he plays like how I played. Okay, 
I wasn't very good. Okay. <laughs> this is not trying to be saying like I was an amazing basketball player. Y'all should have respected me. No, I, I was not very good. Um, this is this is me like you know when I was younger. Now I, I definitely do not play like Hami because I learned, you know, in high school how basketball works. Um, he did not. He plays like he's more athletic than everybody else, which you know he, he kind of is in it sort of. Um, he can jump higher, I guess. I'll give him that, and he's got decent speed. But he's out there, and he has no skill. Um, and he's just running around. He's like the track star they got put on the basketball team. And they were like, yeah, you just run around and jump, man. Like, that's all you got to do. And that's what he does. And he's just he's sprinting 100% everywhere. And it's like, yeah, sure, that's cool. But why are you putting the ball in his hands? Like, let him do that. But without the ball, you know. That's when he could be deadly is when it's like, oh, wow, we're not thinking about him. And then, boom, he gets an offensive rebound, gets a putback. But OKC is like, yeah, let's just give it to you. And he'll just be like, all right, I'm cardiac Kemba. I'm going to hit a step back jumper from the mid range. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? You're not trying to hit game winning. Like, oh, my goodness. He's just like, oh, step back. Boom. And then it's like absolute brick. And it's like, that's the problem with him is he's got way too much confidence in skills that he doesn't have. Like he doesn't like, really try and dunk on people. He, after, he after the the on him. <laughs> yeah. After the New York games, right. When he played amazing against Brooklyn, and he played great against the Knicks. The dude was feeling himself in the next three games after that. And he was just not good. <laughs> Yeah. Taking long range jumpers, middies. He's taking these these step backs. I'm like, hey man, I I get it. You played well in, in New York. I get it. But you gotta stop this, man. Like, come on. He's like a created player in 2K. And you're well, just like, yeah, I don't care about teammate grade. I'm trying to score the most points possible because I want to tweet out my stat line to Twitter that I'd scored on good shooting. What I can say about Hami, when he misses at the rim, he does get his own rebound. So we can say that, guys. When he misses at the rim, he can jump up like a pogo stick and get his own rebound. Now, so the bricket to be effective. <laughs> Let's call wow. it step padding. I, I mean, you know, Hami, he's only good when he's bad. Yeah, <laughs> guys, Hami is who he is. Now, let me ask you guys a question: Do you think he's improved since he's been in OKC? No, not really. You want me to answer that honestly, or <laughs> yes, this is a, this is an open podcast. You honest, you are okay. answer honestly. Okay, he he came in as a, let's say out of a hundred, he came in as a fifty-two prospect. Three years later, he's probably a, a fifty-five. <laughs> you guys are that hard on <laughs> that hard on Hami. I mean, he's doing this. Russ was here. I mean, Russ. He just didn't have the opportunities to do it. Like Russ could miss it, you know, he could miss a layup, and then Hami comes in. Oh wow. But then Russ goes to the bench, Hami has the ball, and then he's just like, All right, let me just sprint to the baseline and chuck up a wild shot. And it's the same stuff. Like maybe his three-point shot has improved, but it's still really bad. So that's not much of an like he's probably up to like a 33% shooter or something like that when he was like a 28 or or so I don't know the exact numbers, but it's like he's still a bad shooter. And he's yeah, because still- I, I, I didn't believe in his shot. And then recently in the last couple of games, his free throw shooting has gone off a cliff. All of a sudden, he can't shoot a free throw now. I'm like, this is the guy that I remember. It's it's bad. Like, he's yeah. just gotten more opportunities to have highlight plays, which we all remember because, you know, he dumps. It's fun yeah. plays, you know. OKC is always tweeting about him. You know, their Twitter account, they're like, check out this play. And it's like. Yeah, but you're not showing the the four random shots that he throws up. Yeah. Like he tries to make shots like where it's like, you know, only take this if there is no time left game on the line situation. Like running fadeaways um in like on the baseline or in the paint and he's just like I can do this. I am yeah. LeBron James against the Toronto Raptors in the, you know, Eastern Conference Finals. I can hit this and it's like yeah. you can't you're not that guy. You're not LeBron. He just like jumps up in the air with no idea what's happening and yeah. just breaks. He does. He does still play out of control. He plays. Do you think he's improved, Ambo? I can say I've seen progress. I've seen okay. some progress. So use the scale I use. What what what's your progress? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, on the Lari scale. Uh, so he came in as a 50. What is he now? He came in as a 50. So up means he's improved, down means he's not improved, correct? Yes. So if I go, okay. He's still out of control. Yes. Sometimes he doesn't understand his place on the court. Yes. Does he hustle? Yes, he does hustle. But does his hustle come out of him being out of control at times? Um, I would say 55. I'll give him 55. <laughs> That's the same as what I think. Like, no <laughs> That's progress, right? That's progress. That is progress. That's progress. That's like, that is like progress. I wasn't in college, I was a 79% free throw shooter. And after 14 years of the NBA, I'm finally an 80% free throw. Yeah. I've done it. I've improved. I I spent my entire life getting marginally better at some small thing. Anything, anything that I can say this honestly about Hami. He doesn't play as out of control he did his rookie year. I don't think he does that at all. I, I, I really don't, but he's still out of control if that says anything to you about it. But if he controlled his athleticism, he could be so much better if he can just control it and bottle it. You know, he just needs to learn how to control it. Yeah, he's got That's, energy. He's got good energy. I'll give him yes, that. Yes, he does. And yes, he does. If, when he misses at the rim, like I said, you know he's going to get his own rebound. You see a lot of that. That's what a lot of his highlights are. Hami missing at the rim, getting his own rebound, and going up whether he makes or misses it, we don't know. They're like sort of low lights. Yeah. You know? the, 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 bad, the bad thing is that – Yeah, the bad thing is you need a negative to get the positive. Yeah. He has to miss the shot to get the rebound. It's like – why can't you just make the shot? Yeah, and that's the age-old question. Why can't we just make a shot? Who knows? Yeah. All right, let's move on from from Hami because <laughs> it's Hami. Give my boy a bad. Give my boy a bad time. It's okay. Um, young asset. Why don't we go to Lou Dort? Um, because Lou Dort. Oh my goodness. Who who would have thought Lou Dort undrafted? Who was the best Arizona State shooting guard ever? <laughs> Who was the one that claimed that? <laughs> so your predictions are coming true. Congratulations, Lori. Give your pat on the back. Give yourself a yeah, pat I, on the I back. love you, Lou. Oh, damn. He's what are you? Yeah, what are you guys thinking? He might outplay his contract. He but might. Might he's making like a million dollars a year. I know. I'm, I'm saying I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. If he makes first and second team all defense, doesn't he? Isn't he eligible for like a max? Isn't he eligible for that for making first and second team? Well, you ain't getting no damn max. Come on, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But if he makes first and second team, he's yeah. eligible for the max. Isn't he? Okay, then. So that's a strong possibility. Now, this it might be. It might not be too far fetched. Honestly, it might not be. If, if he, he makes one, there's a team that's going to give him. Hey, that's a team that's going to pay him. I mean, yeah. Utah paid Rudy Gobert two hundred five million. I'm just. Saying. I'm cool with that though. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if, if Lou Dort ends up winning two Defensive Player of the Years, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> then you know, then we can talk. We can't score, but can't do anything on offense. But Dunk, I'm okay with that two hundred five million. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have my personal opinions about Rudy Gobert, but that's just, I'll leave that. I'll leave that alone. I'm not gonna do him like Shaq does him. I'm, I'm not gonna do that to you, Rudy Gobert. I'm not Shaq. Man, Shaq Shaq's been hating on everybody. He doesn't he really do anything. anything. And Shaq is just like, I would absolutely destroy you in one on one. You are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hit a game winner. I would beat you one on one. Like that every time. Oh, wow. Barbecue. You suck. Barbecue chicken. Charles, Charles Barkley is always like, uh, yeah, you and your weak-ass hook shot that you had, that soft hook. Like Charles Barkley is always taunting him. It's so funny. But, yeah, he, he's been crazy ridiculous. Anyway, sorry. Carry I like, on. I like Lou Dort. I like him a lot. And the more I watch him, the more I like. He has more confidence shooting the ball. He goes to the bucket out of control at times. He does. He's he's big. He's a freight train. Uh, but if he can control that, get that under control. Um, do I want to see a mid-range jump shot from Lou Dort? If he develops it, that's okay. If not, that's fine. 
But his three-point shooting has improved. I mean, remember teams were leaving him wide open? You have to guard Lou Dort in the three-point line now. How cool is that? How cool well, is I that? I saw him pull up from 30 against someone. Who was that against? That was this season, right? He pulls up from like 30 and nailed yeah. On the wing. That was that was that was, a- <laughs> that was like, I mean, if if you're gonna give if Lou Dort's gonna give you 17, 18 a night with the defense that he gives you, that's amazing for OKC. That's that's what they need. That's amazing. So I love what Lou Dort's doing. Yes, he's outplaying his contract, guys. I will say that if he makes second team all defense, then look out or first team. Look out, OKC. It's gonna be some his agent's gonna be calling. Don't let him sign with clutch because OKC will be broke. Um, <laughs> don't don't let him sign with clutch. So if if that happens, I will be very happy for Lou Dort. I love when players go undrafted and fly beneath the radar and end up getting paid for their efforts. So he started off as a defensive player, gained confidence on the offensive end. They gave him a little money, which I say a million dollars is a little money. But in Oklahoma, they can stretch you a long way, fellas. They can stretch you a long way. And because it's so cheap. Know. It's cheap to live here. So he's playing for one million, what, 1.4, one point, somewhere around there, 1.2 million a year. And mm. he's giving you, what's he giving you, 15 a game right now? Yeah, he's improved a, a lot. 15 a game, and he's your number one defensive guy. Woo! Uh, that agent's going to come calling at the end of the season. I, I guarantee it. He's he's going to be well, calling. I, I would be comfortable with giving Lou probably 17, 18 million a season. That wouldn't be a problem for me. I'm going to take it a step further. Okay. He's going to be an all-star before his contract is up. Not, not because he Ooh. should but because the way that the all-star voting system works, it's a fan vote. Lou Dort has become the like like all of you know, like, OKC's little secret that we had, you know, in January of last year. Oh, Lou Dort, he's so good. And everybody's like, oh, shut up, OKC fans. You don't know what you're talking about. And all of a sudden, the bubble came around, the playoffs came around, and everybody's like, Wow, this guy. Maybe OKC was – I mean, there's multiple Ludort burner accounts with, like, 10,000 followers. Like, he is going to get the fan vote. Uh, remember last year, I believe Taco Fall was in, like, the top five in fan vote. <laughs> Russo was up there. But the problem is Lou Dort's going to be up there, and he'll be, like, you know, maybe he'll be, like, the – the seventh guard or whatever in the West. And that's why yeah. the, the media and the players will put him mm-hmm. fan. He could be top two. I mean, yeah. now that Westbrook's out of, of the West, now that Harden's out of the West, you know, he's just competing with Steph and he's competing mm-hmm. for the guard spots. Uh, those are the two guys ahead of him that I think will get more fan votes because, you know, there's places, but like, I think Lou Dort right there is, he's going to be able to get in. And I, I know Shea is there, but like, I think he'll get. I think he'll get in. You know, one at that level over Shea. I I think Shea may get there first because he may get it like next year or maybe this year, depending on how the fan vote. I hate the way the All Star voting system works, but I think that he could get there just based off of how he became a fan favorite of of all NBA fans and then all of a sudden became a good lethal offensive weapon. It's like imagine if Alex Caruso started averaging twenty. It would be like instant All Star. Instant all yeah. If Taco Fall came in and averaged 14 points a game, it would be like all-star. Ludor has kind of become on, on that, maybe like a step below that level, but he's the he's the man. And and everybody talks about him all the time. Um, he's getting brought up in, in you know best parameter defender conversations. Is he winning them? No, because Ben Simmons is a power forward playing point guard, so he gets the parameter defender, you know. Yeah, associated with it, but Lou Dort is up there. I I think this year I'm going to say it right now. I think he's going to be first team all defense. Um, because he, he could, that could be a real possibility. I think he probably would be one or two all team defense. Yeah, which presents us a bit of a problem down the track. But <laughs> it does. I, <laughs> especially I think if, you are right. Especially if um, Rich Paul gets on the phone with uh, with Lou Dort and say, "Hey, man, you know." Clutch can really offer you. <laughs> I, mean, I think one of the good. I think one of the good things with Lou is because he's not American, right? Because he was born outside of America, and he kind of took to like a harder, like a harder road to get in there. 
you notice that international players don't tend to have the same, I guess, greed factor as like a lot of American yeah. players, like that entitlement to get their contracts. And they understand that, um, especially a guy like Lou, who was given an opportunity from OKC, and he's spoken about it before. That it, it, to me, it doesn't sound like he's the sort of person that would chase all of the money. Like he'll get paid, but I mean, like he won't be that person that's going to hold out for a big massive deal. Is okay, you San Antonio? I mean, you look at our young guys, Canada, Canada, France. Yeah, I, mean, I saw they're all international players, in, right? Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, we're bringing in the other second round pick, oh, I think, we had, Milic- but he's Milicic. injured. Milicic. No, what's his name? So, like, I can't remember his name. I can't pronounce it. So international players, and that's an I think that's a really interesting strategy because, Lori, what you bring up, I think, is absolutely true. You look at who OKC had, right? So, Westbrook. LA. Yeah. Kevin Durant out of DC. These guys, uh, James Harden, but James Harden got traded. So, you know, he was in LA, but yeah. You know, Paul George. They don't have the same same sort of greed factors a lot of these American players have. So I think it could be different. Like I said before, I think I'm comfortable with paying him 17, 18 million. Um, To me, he has made the biggest jump of any player I've seen uh, on the team. In terms of his consistency shooting the ball, um, him getting to the hole, he's actually attacking the rock. I don't know about his mid-range game because his release is so slow, so he might need a lot of time to get that mid off. Um, but in terms of attacking closeouts and and shooting the ball, I've been very very impressed with Lou. Um, I think you know the Thunder really did well picking him up, and credit to him, he, he's put in all this work and he looks amazing. So. Whatever Lou wants, I would probably be more inclined to give. I like that. Do we want to – okay, we could save this for next week, um, but do we want to talk about SGA in this podcast or do we want to go into the biggest surprise um, so far this season? Well, my thoughts on SGA are pretty quick. Do you have any thoughts on SGA, Amber? I have a long rant, so we can do that next week. Okay. We can talk about SGA. It's not a bad rant, guys. It's just I have a lot to say about SGA. I Yay, me, me too. So let's wait awesome. next Yeah, so <laughs> make sure come back next week for the episode. We will talk about SGA um, at some point. Um, so let's get into the biggest surprise that we've had this season um, having to do with OKC. What Does anybody want to go first with a surprise? Go first, Amber. My biggest surprise is where they are right now. That's my that's my biggest surprise because I was not expecting OKC to be playing this well. They competed pretty much every game. They competed against the Clippers. They were down big against the Clippers. They were down huge against the Clippers. And they came back and got their game within single digits to end the game. So my biggest surprise is quick. I love where OKC is. I know draft purposes. I know you guys, OKC fans out there, thinking about draft and draft capital and all of that. But I just want to see a team compete every game. And like last year, I just want to see them compete. They just happen to compete and almost get the fourth spot. So I love what OKC is doing thus far. And my biggest surprise is where they are right now. Mm-hmm. All right, McConnell, what about you, bro? I had to I had to look up the stat to make sure Uh-oh, stats got correct. <laughs> but how can it not be the fact that Lugens Dort is the highest three-point shooting player on OKC. If you had told me that before this season, be like, Lou Dort's going to lead the team in three-point percentage. I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this guy has no three-point shot. Like, he can get hot every once in a while, but Lou Dort is shooting, um, looking it up, 39.8%. Mm. Like, people get paid a lot of money just to shoot 40% in the NBA. And then you add <laughs> in, of course, that he's – one of the best defenders in the NBA. It it has to be Lou Dort's improvement shooting the basketball, scoring the basketball. It's been ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't think any I don't think OKC. I don't know if OKC when they signed Lou Dort ever thought he would even turn into the player that he is right now in his entire career. And they've gotten it in. I think he's played like fifty career games. Right. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I I've never seen a player progress. 
like that because obviously, you know, you get young guys that come in and they ball out, but they're not undrafted players that struggle severely and can't shoot that all of a sudden just develop a shot. That's it's crazy. He puts in so much work. I mean, he's also like the only guy I've ever seen pregame to practice defense. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Love that. That's great. That's great. So Lou Dort, it's got to be Lou Dort. His his offensive improvement is ridiculous. Um, so m- mine is Mark Dagnall. So my one's the coach. Um, yeah. A couple of things that he's done that's really really surprised me, and one trend that I'm noticing that I hope doesn't continue. But the the things that he's done really well is he's been able to to utilize everyone's uh, every player's ability to drop the to dribble the ball shoot the ball and move. That's what I like is this more motion type offense, handoffs, um, cutting, being in motion and, and confusing defenses with different um, angles that they're taking when they drive to the cop. My main concern now is in the last probably two or three games, I've seen more heliocentric offense around Shea than I have prior to the last three games. Now, I don't want that to happen. I don't want a helio offense around Shea. I get it. He can score. Great. He's got a deep bag for score for scoring the, the scoring the ball. That's amazing. But when he pounds that rock, it kills the offense. So I hope that Dagnall actually communicates this idea that when you come back into the game, you don't have to be the guy to take over the game. And this is what happened yesterday against Portland. I felt like with four and a half minutes to go, when Shea checked back in, when the second unit built the lead back up, it was ball pound, ball pound, ball pound, and it just killed the offense. Turnovers, bad shots, and it was just – I don't like that type of offense that early. If you've got a minute left, I get it. You're running the clock. But with four minutes, I don't like that. They have to keep the ball moving. So aside from that, like I think Mark Dagnall's done a really good job with putting in his new system or strategy uh, with the team. So – I, I was actually quite surprised with how he's got them playing. That is probably my biggest surprise of the summer. Yeah, I like that. I think I think I like all of the the biggest surprises. The benefit is they were all good surprises. It's not like we had somebody on OKC come out and they just sucked. Yeah. Uh, well, well, of course, besides Hami, um, <laughs> besides Hami, maybe in Amber's opinion, Poku. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Amber was mad that this 18-year-old guy who's like never played basketball like professionally is struggling a bit. Um, but I think it's the reach. Like, it's the okay. See, reach to get like they. I think he probably would have been there. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I think he probably probably would have been there with OKC. Um, you have but, to get rid of Rick Rubio, but that makes sense. Okay. I'm I'm done, guys. I'm no more Poku Poku bashing. Just one more, one more. Just before you go, Dallas was going to take Poku at 18. Yes. You think so? No, they. they, It was reported. Yeah, reported. Oh wow. You think he'd be on Dallas's roster? Yeah. You think he'd be? I I think he'd be in the G League right Mm, now. Maybe not playing. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to get that out there. Okay, see fans, I'm sorry, but I'm giving Poku time to develop. I never got mad at the Nader haters, but now <laughs> he's a Poku hater. You know, you're know. a Poku pessimist. I'll I'll, I'll call you <laughs> Poku pessimist. It's all love, Poku fans. It's all love. But, um, you know, he's young. Okay, guys, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. But I feel like that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, obviously, make sure to join next week. Um, and see, you know, our t- takes on SGA because, you know, we obviously have a lot to say about him. Uh, but is there anything either of you want to say before we wrap up our, you know, our, you know, to quote Michael Jordan, I'm back episode? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, come follow me if you want some entertainment on Twitter. I'm more than open to engage with people. If you have strong opinions, I'm not afraid to fire back. Follow me at G-E-O-L-A-388. If you want quality, if you also want an argument, Come right ahead. That's fun. <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at simplyme underscore AV. I don't argue back and forth like Laura will. Laura will go back and forth. I will entertain you for about two or three tweets. And then that's my max. Two, two or three tweets is my max on Twitter. But I do like good takes, hot takes, not so hot takes. I like them all on Twitter. Sports fans, so I love it all. 
Yeah. And if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at worst take OKC. Um, and then if you want to follow me on Twitter, I run at the worst take net. Um, that's my page. Also follow my burner account, my OKC burner at Teo <laughs> burner. I do run the Teo Maladon burner account on Twitter. I am the man behind the greatness of uh, Teo Maladon's you know, burner Twitter account. So go follow Teo Burner. That's where I have all my OKC takes and everything like that. But thank you all for uh, listening or watching or you know whatever you want to call it. Uh, make sure to hit the follow, subscribe, you know, whatever podcast platform you're using, whatever says that you like the show, hit that, hit that button. And, and we'll see all of you again.